Welcome to the Folktale Project, this is Dan Scholes. Today we're starting a new story, and it's a brand new tale. It's one that I've never told before, and it's an interesting story. Elements will feel very familiar, but all in all, it is, as I said, a new tale. Well, a very old tale, but new to us. This is part one of Felicia and the Pot of Pinks. Once upon a time, there was a poor laborer who, feeling that he had not much longer to live, wished to divide his possessions between his son and daughter whom he loved dearly. So he called them to him and said, Your mother brought me as her dowry two stools and a straw bed. I have besides a hen, a pot of pinks, and a silver ring, which were given to me by a noble lady who once lodged in my poor cottage. When she went away with me, she said to me, Be careful of my gifts, good man. See that you do not lose the ring or forget to water the pinks. As for your daughter, I promise you that she shall be more beautiful than anyone ever saw in your life. Call her Felicia, and when she grows up, give her the ring and the pot of pinks to console her for her poverty. Take them both then, my dear child, he added and your brother shall have everything else. The two children seemed quite contented, and when their father died, they wept for him and divided his possessions as he had told them. Felicia believed that her brother loved her, but when she sat down upon one of the stools, he said angrily, Keep your pot of pinks and your ring, but let my things alone. I like order in my house. Felicia, who was very gentle, said nothing but stood up crying quietly, while Bruno, for that was her brother's name, sat comfortably by the fire. Presently, when supper time came, Bruno had a delicious egg, and he threw the shell to Felicia, saying, There, that is all I can give you. If you don't like it, go out and catch frogs. There are plenty of them in the marsh close by. Felicia did not answer, but she cried more bitterly than ever and went away to her own little room. She found it filled with the sweet scent of the pinks, and going up to them, she said sadly, Beautiful pinks, you are so sweet and so pretty. You are the only comfort I have left. Be very sure that I will take care of you and water you well, and never allow any cruel hands to tear you from your stems. As she leaned over them, she noticed that they were very dry, so taking her pitcher, she ran off in the clear moonlight to the fountain, which was at some distance. When she reached it, she sat down upon the brink to rest, but she had hardly done so when she saw a stately lady coming towards her, surrounded by a number of attendants. Six maids of honor carried her train, and she leaned upon the arm of another. When they came near the fountain, a canopy was spread for her, under which was placed a sofa of cloth of gold, and presently a dainty supper was served, upon a table covered with dishes of gold and crystal, while the wind in the trees and the falling water of the fountain murmured the softest music. Felicia was hidden in the shade, too astonished by all she saw to venture to move, but in a few moments the queen said, I fancy I see a shepherdess near that tree. Bid her come hither. So Felicia came forward and saluted the queen timidly, but with so much grace that all were surprised. 
What are you doing here, my pretty child? asked the queen. Are you not afraid of robbers? Ah, madam, said Felicia, a poor shepherdess who has nothing to lose does not fear robbers. You are not very rich, then, said the queen, smiling. I am so poor, answered Felicia, that a pot of pinks and a silver ring are my only possessions in the world. But you have a heart, said the queen. What should you say if anybody wanted to steal that? I do not know what it is like to lose one's heart, madam, she replied. But I have always heard that without a heart one cannot live, and if it is broken one must die. And in spite of my poverty, I should be sorry not to live. You are quite right to take care of your heart, pretty one, said the queen. But tell me, have you supped? No, madam, answered Felicia. My brother ate all the supper there was. Then the queen ordered that a place should be made for her at the table, and herself loaded Felicia's plate with good things. But she was too much astonished to be hungry. I want to know what you were doing at the fountain so late, said the queen presently. I came to fetch a pitcher of water for my pinks, madam, she answered, stooping to pick up the pitcher which stood beside her. But when she showed it to the queen, she was amazed to see that it had turned to gold, all sparkling with great diamonds, and the water of which it was full was more fragrant than the sweetest roses. She was afraid to take it until the queen said, It is yours, Felicia. Go and water your pinks with it and let it remind you that the queen of the woods is your friend. The shepherdess threw herself at the queen's feet and thanked her humbly for her gracious words. Ah, madam, she cried, if I might beg you to stay here a moment, I would run and fetch my pot of pinks for you. They could not fall into better hands. Go, Felicia, said the queen, stroking her cheek softly. I will wait here until you come back. So Felicia took up her pitcher and ran to her little room. But while she had been away, Bruno had gone in and taken the pot of pinks, leaving a great cabbage in its place. When she saw the unlucky cabbage, Felicia was much distressed and did not know what to do. But at last she ran back to the fountain and, kneeling before the queen, said, Madam, Bruno has stolen my pot of pinks, so I have nothing but my silver ring. But I beg you to accept it as a proof of my gratitude. But if I take your ring, my pretty shepherdess, said the queen, you will have nothing left, and what will you do then? Ah, madam, she answered simply, if I have your friendship I shall do very well. So the queen took the ring and put it on her finger and mounted her chariot which was made of coral studded with emeralds and drawn by six milk-white horses and Felicia looked after her until the winding of the forest path hid her from her sight, and then she went back to the cottage, thinking over all the wonderful things that had happened. And that is part one of Felicia and the Pot of Pinks. We get a nice setup for the story, but really very little action has happened, although we have certainly seen the character of some of the characters, haven't we? looking at you, Bruno. This is Dan Scholes for the Folktale Project. Don't forget that you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Overcast, anywhere you like to get your podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at Folktale Project. You can find us on Auto Radio, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Spotify, anywhere you like to listen. And you can always head over to folktaleproject.com 
where you'll find a new story waiting for you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. As always, thank you so much for listening.